get out there take your camera what it, no matter what it is and get out there and have fun and don't be afraid to post it don't be afraid to share it and you'd be surprised on what you can create with just the simplest things whether it's just your iphone and yeah. using the instagram filters and you have to be okay with a little bit of unknown and if you can get past that then the sky's the limit Welcome to the Golden Hour Podcast, brought to you by Polar Pro. I'm your host, Dave Mays, and today we speak with Zeke Silva, who has overcome challenges in his life to create amazing art through photography. Zeke's story is incredibly inspirational to me, and I know it will be inspirational to anyone who listens to this. Without any further ado, let's listen in on my interview with Zeke. All right, so we're here with Zeke Silva. We just met in person, but we've been talking on the internet for couple weeks now a little bit yeah yeah and uh i love your stuff but there's a lot of great aspects to your story we're gonna get to it but you were just talking to me about this you took a private little plane kind of thing to get down here because you live in uh oakland i live in oakland so i flew jet suite x which uh, for people who don't live in california it's about five or six hours away yeah and uh it was a nice quick little hop and skip over down to Orange County. Up and down. Yeah. Like, here's your drinks. Okay, we're going to take them away from you now. Yeah. Isn't it great? Like, we were just talking about this. But the private, when you when you go, it's not really private, private, like filthy rich person private. You weren't in a, like a comfy, like. I wasn't in a sofa. They weren't giving you champagne. But like, no. but it was, it was, the, it was close to it. I and guess. And what's cool about it is you, you don't have to go through TSA, right? No, no security. <laughs> you don't take no shoes off, no belt, nothing. That's the dream. Just walk right in. Yeah. And twenty minutes for your flight. That's amazing. And they hand you a piece of paper, and they're like, "There's yeah. some, there's some Starbucks, there's some donuts over there, yeah. <laughs> and we're gonna board in a minute if you're ready." And so, <laughs> I'm like, "Wait a minute." So this is kind of on my terms. Uh huh. I'll take so, it. So born and raised in uh, Southern California. Southern California. Uh, we were just talking about this, your kind of early life. Um, when you were a teenager, you were working at In-N-Out yep. and you got the opportunity to move. Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. So I started with In-N-Out in uh -huh. about 98 and it was an amazing, it was an amazing job and they started opening up stores in Arizona. So for those who don't know In-N-Out, it was really just like a Southern California, you know, cult classic. Oh, it's a classic. And they started opening up stores in Arizona and they asked, Hey, do you want to move out there or at least go out there and help train? And yeah. I said, I would love to go out there for a few months. They're going to pay me an extra dollar an hour. Heck yeah. Let's go. <laughs> and I just loved it so Sheep much. Out there too. And yeah, when I saw like I can have an apartment for like $400 a month, uh -huh. I said, you know, I, th I like this idea let's do it and let's see what i can actually turn into you know possibly a career but did you miss california um i missed the hat i missed vincent's some <laughs> of my favorite restaurants uh -huh. um and of course i missed my parents yeah. and you know but as be as it happens they ended up when they retired they moved to arizona too oh, really? and they moved to flagstaff to oh, be cool. a little bit closer to me okay and then about a year later i moved away <laughs> so basically they repel you <laughs> Well, they they just love to. They're kind of nomadic in a way. Uh -huh. They love to travel. They drive everywhere. They never fly, and so camping trips, traveling cross country would always be in the suburban and the camper, mm. driving up through the upper fifty, going down to the lower forty eight. That's, That's awesome. how we've always traveled. So, have you seen just a lot of the? Have you seen the whole country, or have you I've, just? Seen I the, think I think most I've, of the I West? think we've driven through the entire United States. I've never been to Alaska. Okay. But we've driven through everything that I can think of. Yeah, I guess you have to cut through Canada, do you? I guess a little bit. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Have you been to Nashville? We've, we've talked about Nashville. Driven through it. Yeah? Driven right through it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I remember we stopped there for a night and uh, yeah. had dinner and then drove right back. Okay. Basically took the 10 all the way. Yeah. All so the way you, back have, to you haven't got the full taste of it. No, I haven't been there like as an, like a legally drinking adult yeah. to actually spend a week in there with my also, friends. Also, the, there's been a renaissance with Nashville, like when I was living there growing up, it was just kind of like country music, you know, uh, farms and kind of the Southern lifestyle. And then over the last five, six years, it's become this trendy, like place. Startups are going there. Oh po yeah. Postmates has a huge, huge operation really? in Nashville. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's so trendy, but I was just there last week. A friend of mine got married and it was 90 degrees with 80% humidity. Lovely. And I was wearing a black suit cause I was a groomsman. And it was torture. <laughs> that, was, that does not sound fun It at all. was not fun at all. At least here, even if you go inland, when you hit 90 degrees, it's dry, you know? Oh, yeah, the quote-unquote, uh, the dry heat. Exactly. That's what you had in Arizona. Exactly. It would be 120, but it's, it's, actually the, it's the dry heat. Yeah. It's still like being in an oven. It feels it's, like an oven. It's still horrible. Yeah, it's, it's still terrible. Try cooking burgers in there. <laughs> not fun. But so you went from, uh, from Arizona, and then you came back to uh, the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. 
in uh, San Fran. What was that like? So that was a, that was a pretty interesting move. So In and Out was looking for managers, employees to move because they really couldn't get the store staffed. And mm-hmm. so I had the opportunity again to relocate through the company and move in with a house with five of my other friends mm-hmm. in the Bay and continue to work. And then I got promoted and became a store manager. So that was a really big jumping point in my career because then I got to run my own store yeah. and really you know it's a great area it was awesome it was a ton of fun and you know i was was like 25 having a really good time yeah and i was a store manager um but that's kind of like where things started to kind of unravel because i couldn't i had to stop working there because of my eyes Mm. so let's let's get into that uh i we just met you know rocky the producer of the show kind of filled me in a little bit on your story um but you're diagnosed with degenerative eye disease yeah i have a disease called keratoconus and it's a, basically the thinning of the cornea. Mm. And so where like some people get LASIK and where LASIK will kind of remove some layers, I can't afford to lose anymore. It's just getting thinner and thinner. Wow. And then basically what it does is it creates like a pyramid instead of a nice cone and where light can get in or refract nicely, it bounces all over the place. So I'm basically almost blind in the right eye and I wear a hard contact in my left eye. Okay. What does that contact do for you? It, I mean, enables me to at least see clearly now. Okay. But I'm very limited. I can only wear it for about eight hours. So I actually wore my glasses on the plane, put my con- my contact on when I got here, mm-hmm. knowing that I wanted to make sure that it was super comfortable and I didn't have any issues. And I should be good to about five o'clock tonight and I'll have to take it out. Okay. And then put my glasses on. But there's other limitations. I don't have a driver's license. Mm-hmm. I can't pass my driving test. Mm-hmm. And... I, when I wear my glasses, they're just enough to make sure I'm kind of, I can get by. Yeah. And when, how old were you when this started happening? I, you know, I started wearing glasses when I was very young, probably say five or six. Mm-hmm. And so for as long as I remember, I was wearing glasses. And then at some point, maybe in my early teens, the doctor was like, you should see a specialist. Your vision is actually getting worse. And that's when I got diagnosed. And so I started wearing contacts at a pretty early age. And the problem is that there wasn't a lot of advancements in technology to help kind of, you know, not so much cure it, but at least help, you know, slow down the progression. But that's the problem is it's degenerative. It's going to, it's just ebb and flows, ups and downs. And Hmm. so when I worked at In-N-Out, I was wearing my contacts for like 12, 14 hours. And it basically just exacerbated it and kind of ruined my eyes. Oh, wow. Is it, are you going to be fully blind one day? That I don't know. Um, eventually, I'll have to have a corneal transplant. But the doctors are also like, those are things that you want to maybe do in your mid-40s. I'm in my late 30s now mm-hmm. because, you know, part of your lifestyle changes. Like, I enjoy running. I enjoy playing sports. I enjoy, like, getting out there and having, you know, contact type events. Yeah. And those type of things cease to exist. Mm. Um, there's a bunch of other advancements, but some isn't um, approved for your insurance. So it'd be cash pay. Wow. And it's like, okay, so I can shell out a bunch of money or I could just be patient for a few more years and hope that it gets approved okay. and then I can use my insurance and yeah. hopefully maybe drive again. You're a photographer. <laughs> I tell, it's ironic. I, t- I tell people that. They're like, it's oh, ironic. you know, hey, uh, your Instagram's great. And I'm like, but what, what about your eyes? And I'm like, yeah, I like to fly drones too. And then they just look at me kind of. Yeah. I was like, but I can still do it. So how? How do you do it? Very carefully. <laughs> very carefully. Um, I have to be very selective okay. and I have to be very... Um, tactical about when I fly, where I fly, how I fly. Mm. If I'm going to do any type of photos, any type of events, I just have to be very careful and be very mindful um, and know what my limits are and work within those limits and try to push the boundaries a little bit, Mm -hmm. but not to the point where I'm endangering others or breaking the laws or anything. Do you, have you found that through this process and as things have progressed to where they are now, has it kind of pushed you to be more creative? Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you talk about that because just on the one of the last episodes, Ben Horn talks about that. Yeah. And he talks about how the how having these limitations in his large format photography have yeah. almost pushed him to have a new level of creativity. And that really resonated with me because that's very mm. true in my world where I I can't manual focus. That's a perfect example. Yeah. I have to use autofocus. So I choose a camera that has really great autofocus and has really great low light. So that works really well for me, but it does. It forces me to be a little bit different, but also that's what kind of motivated me to say like, this is how I see the world Mm -hmm. and this is how I want to share my story. And it might be a little blurry, but that's how I see it. (laughs) Well, tell me about that. Literally, like how do you see the world compared to when you didn't have 
you know yeah i mean generation. everything's nice and clear right now because i'm wearing my contact if i took my contact off i'd see you uh, but like the p on your hat would be kind of blurry <laughs> yeah. um if for, it was nighttime it p would, for polar pro p for polar pro <laughs> um I, every would be like going out at night with my glasses on like if i'm doing night photography like mm -hmm. i can't go too far I, I literally get lost wow and so you're not fully blind which no. is a good thing i guess for yeah now, but i mean i guess the best way is you know everyone goes to the eye doctor and you read the sign that has like the big e yeah with my right eye i can't see that okay so i'm what they call counting fingers so the doctor will hold up one two three fingers gotcha. and in my left eye i can see a few lines down and i'm like cracked it i'm like 2080 yeah versus like perfect 2020 vision so what what began your kind of interest in photography is it something that you've always been into your whole life or? so growing up my mom had a old pentax 35 millimeter camera and i could always remember playing with that and just loving spinning the wheels and the dials mm -hmm. and then when i was in high school i had a truck i was in a car club so always having a camera taking photos and having photos of your vehicle and i think what really kind of catapulted that for me is when I started working at Apple and having the iPhone and just seeing how oh, cool. powerful that was. So how old were you when you started working at Apple? So I was in my late twenties. So after in and out, I took a few years off, had a few eye surgeries, and then I started working at Apple. And so that was like iPhone four, iPhone five ish. And I just started having this huge appreciation for photography and using iPhoto and started learning the tools, cool. started learning Final Cut um, and getting kind of certified in those programs and just seeing how powerful these tools can be and how fun they are. Yeah. And that's kind of like where Instagram started to kind of come into play and having fun with that. And then the rest just kind of just kind of rolled okay. into where where I am today. So basically through the technology, you're enabled to to do this, which is amazing. I mean, if this, if you were born 30, 40 years ago, probably wouldn't be, you wouldn't be able, you, you could, I could, but it, it, the autofocus definitely helps a lot. It absolutely does. I mean, and I've tried to do manual focus, especially when I do night photography and it's just, it's so frustrating that I know the Milky Way's out there and I could see it and it's beautiful. And then I, I fire the shot off and I'm like, oh, it's blurry. <laughs> Dang it. Well, uh, I guess if you use like a real manual focus lens with gears on it, with markings that say infinity. And yeah feet and you're able to measure that you know yeah a lot of my it. friends tell me to try rokinon they say yeah. the rokinons are really the way to go mm -hmm. um i have found a huge success with my a7r3 and the 16 to 35 oh, yeah. like i it's pretty much pinpoint and yeah. i and i can almost get it perfect yeah at least it looks perfect to me yeah i mean it's that's that camera is a beast um so you you, you mentioned that you had multiple eye surgeries kind of in between in and out and mm -hmm. apple i guess you were in your 20s yeah. right uh what was that like was that really hard it was because the first thing i did was i googled it mm -hmm. and i looked at well, what is the surgery that i'm having and the problem is you don't you're not put under you're awake the entire time oh wow so that in itself was pretty interesting but they give you they give you some drugs they try to relax you but also just sitting there and feeling that pressure is it was it was traumatizing for an event but also you're hopeful you're like okay maybe the surgery is going to help make things a little bit better mm -hmm. um and when they didn't, that was also, you know, kind of frustrating, kind of maybe a demotivator. And of course there was days where I'm just like, that's it. Like I'm never going to have a normal life again, mm. but you find some strength in that, whether it's faith or through friends or through just, you know, pure determination and to say, I'm not going to let this slow me down. I'm not going to let it stop me. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to pursue a career. I'm going to have fun and I'm going to live the best life that I can because, you know, my father always said, you have one life, that's it. Mm -hmm. And you never know when that's going to end. And so you have to harness that moment and you have to live each day like it's your last. And, you know, you're sitting here, you're, you're healthy, you know, as far as I'm aware, yeah. you're, you're able to walk, you're able to breathe, you're able to eat, yep. you know, like we're, we're, every single one of us has limitations and Absolutely. strengths and weaknesses. And like, you know, it's a blessing to just be alive every day. Right. Absolutely. And so I, I think it helps a ton that I live in the, in the Bay because we have a really great transportation system. So we have the BART, we have, mm. you know, the ferries, I have an electric scooter, which is a oh, ton of awesome. fun to ride. Um, I just ordered the new boosted and I can't oh, wait cool. to get the new boosted rev yeah. and you know, I'll throw my backpack on and I'll carry my case with my drone and I'll zip around town and park and do my thing and then zip home. <laughs> and you know, it's, it, it I make it work That's you awesome. know? And, and that is, why I just get up every day to make it work and to make the best of it. Well, wow. it's amazing. And I mean, what are some of the, I, I want to get back to the surgeries because yeah. what were some of the 
perspective moments that you had during that time? Like you, you mentioned some things that your dad was saying, like, were you, did you struggle with any type of depression during that era or no, no, it was, you're more of a optimistic guy. Very much. So I'm, I've always been the glasses half full yeah. very much. So, and you know, of course you go through surgery and you're laying there and you have a patch in your eye and they're like, you can't rub your eye. You can't do anything. You just have to basically lay there, mm-hmm. lay there for a few days. Great. Thanks. You know, and yeah. I'm going to watch Netflix with my one bad <laughs> eye because they do one surgery at a time. Okay. So you listen to a lot of music yeah. and you listen to a lot of podcasts <laughs> and you get some good sleep, but you also have, you know, some time to meditate and just relax, mm-hmm. you know, something that nowadays I wish I had way more time to do, <laughs> you know, and you go through the surgeries and you're just, you're hopeful mm-hmm. that's all you can do. You can be hopeful that the doctor knows what he's doing and that he has your best interest at hand. And the surgeons were great. You know, they're absolutely amazing surgeons. They go to, you know, years and years of school yeah. and they invest tons of time and effort because yeah. they want to help you see better. It's true. I mean, it's kind of amazing what all doctors do, honestly. Like, you know, we had a baby a year and a half ago. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. We're having another one. Right on. It's it's crazy. Um, due in six months. Uh, anyways, uh, actually less than that. But anyways, um, you know, they come in and it's like they do their job and then they leave and they go to the next person. Like, just over, it, over they, and over They'll again. deliver, you know, these nurses or these doctors for My babies. My mom's a nurse. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, they'll deliver, like, four or five babies a day, you know? It's like, to us, it's the most amazing, like, for you and for us, like, that moment while you're getting that surgery is such a life-defining moment. Yeah. And then for these doctors, it's just their, their routine. You know, my mom my, <laughs> my mom worked in a, in the cardiac uh, unit, and so she okay. would just be seeing these very sick patients, wow. and she would come home and tell these stories, and... But it was also great. Like my father was, was a firefighter, and wow. so just growing up Jeez. in the yeah, your parents are like heroes. They are. They're my heroes. <laughs> they definitely are. And you know, my sister and I very much look up to them, and they really have shaped who we are today. Wow. And my sister absolutely crushes it in her job, and she loves it. And she's living a great life. And everything that we have up to this point is because of the foundation that they have provided for us. Mm. And I think often people forget that and you can't yeah you have to remember where you've come from yeah we were just talking about that you talk a lot about nashville yeah and you love talking about it it's your home but you moved here and this is your home too yeah so yeah i like it better because we have the beach (laughs) and in and out and in and out (laughs) i do miss cracker barrel a little bit but uh don't tell my mom that i'll get over it my mom loves cracker barrel oh yeah cracker barrel chick-fil-a i'm glad chick-fil-a is here um i surprisingly missed uh, Sonic because there wasn't a lot of Sonics at least out where I live but there's one out here in Huntington so I, I go to Sonic so what are some of the daily struggles that you have with with your with your disease like what are some things that you face that you're able to overcome each day yeah um, so because I have limited wearing time I have to be very you know um, mindful of when I put my contacts on so mm-hmm. or contact I always say contacts it's just easier yeah and so I always start my morning with my glasses on and it's interesting especially during the time shift I'll still ride a scooter to Bart in the morning and it's pretty dark out but uh-huh. again I make it work and it's light out ish and you know so I will usually put my contact on around nine knowing okay I want to make it through my day until around five but yeah. if there's something going on that afternoon if there's an event that I'm going to do mm-hmm. like I, I filmed an event last Friday I couldn't put my contacts on to like three so okay. I wor- went my entire day with my glasses on which is a huge struggle but again so I have a at my desk at work I have a nice big 36 inch curved display nice. and, and I just get really nice and close to it and I'm zoomed in at 150 percent people walk by and they're like whoa and I'm like but then they get it yeah, yeah. you know every, once I once I kind of tell my story they're like cool great display I'm like thanks <laughs> you know, because I have this nice big 34, 36 yeah. inch curve. You're going to want to get know, the uh, Thunderbolt 3. That, uh, that Apple Pro Display XDR. The oh, my God. 31 inch 6K monitor. <laughs> and pay $1,000 for the stand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Great job on that one. So where do you work? So I work for a company called Insightly. It's okay. a CRM. Um, it's a SaaS-based uh, startup in San Francisco. And I run the technical support team and professional services mm-hmm. along with help center and community and the billing operations. And you're so, able to commute to work on the scooter? Uh, no, I wish. I take the BART, which is, okay. you know, the, the Bay Area's subway system. I wish we had that here. The, it would be nice yeah. to have a nice... Don't you have the Metro? We have the Metro, but yeah, it's... It's eh. the Metro. Yeah. It's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I again, I'm very lucky to live 
it's a nine mile it's a nine minute walk to bart or like a three minute scooter mm. and then i it's like three stations in and then it's another nine minute walk wow. so I'm, I'm very blessed to be so close to bart and then sometimes when i do ride my scooter i'll take the ferry home and oh, so that's just a nice that's, that's a great way to end the day you get on the ferry you can get a beer for like four bucks and just you go into the bay bridge and then you land back in oakland oh that's fun and it's just like a perfect way to end the day and it's a great unwind and that's usually when i'm either listening to the podcast <laughs> or listen, <laughs> listening listening to some like above and beyond or just something or listening to nothing i'll have my headphones on with no music and I'm just yeah. I'm just staring at the I sun and just looking at the waves. It's a it's a universal sign of don't talk to me. <laughs> Leave me. This is my bubble. Yeah. This is my space. And I'm gonna if I'm using my phone. Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm on it. Yeah. But I'm gonna, true. I'm gonna take some great photos of you know the bay and the I've, sunsets. Uh, I've definitely on airplanes put on headphones and just shut my eyes and sleep with nothing just to like say to. The stewardess and the person sitting next to me don't talk to me <laughs> this is the new leave me alone yeah exactly there's a guy i work with who put a piece of paper on his on his back of his chair and it says if my headphones are in just slack me <laughs> don't talk to me because he's you know he's he's coding he's doing some level oh, yeah. you know he's doing some work and you get you, you know it's like when i'm editing i'm like just yeah leave me alone i'll it's go to so a room true. It's actually, uh, I, I heard a study that said that if you are in a creative zone and you get distracted, it takes you 30 minutes to get back in the zone. Really? Yeah. Mentally. So, yeah. And you so can get back into it, but faster. be fully in it. Yeah. I, I try to produce an idea of like the 15 minute hammer out. And for me, it's like, if I need to get a bunch done, I will turn my phone off. I will turn Slack off. I'll turn Hangouts off. I'll turn everything off mm -hmm. and I'll just start a timer and see what I can get done in 15 minutes. And wow. you'll be amazed how much you can get done. It's so true. How many emails you can get sent. You could, you know, I'll even respond to social posts, whether it's for work or personal, I can get yeah. all that done in 15 minutes. I think there's something, uh, especially for creatives there's something about uh procrastination and and having a, a deadline um i heard will i am talk about this on a on a show recently and he was saying like yeah i'll i'll set a deadline and i'll wait to the last second and then i'll have like four hours to make something and that pressure cooker of this needs to be done in four hours i have no other option than to do it like there's something creative that happens where you're putting a thousand percent into it for like Just a very focused focused specific set of time it's not a very like mature way to do things uh in a responsible way but i'm definitely the polar opposite <laughs> i am a preparer oh, I, okay. I i wake up i wake up early i'm in the office early i get the flights early you know i i shot an event on friday uh -huh. and i uploaded the footage that night and i first thing i did saturday morning was start editing and <laughs> cut down to about 200 photos and i sent it back to the client well, see, okay, and they were like cool you're awesome when we were looking through your social channels on instagram youtube you know stuff like that there's not a ton of traces of uh personal uh information regarding what we've talked about yeah is that a conscious choice that you've removed yourself personally uh and just accept your work you want people to just accept it at face value so yes and no i never put a lot of thought into that actually um okay. to like to you know put it out there so openly you know i recently just updated the about me section in on my website to talk about that just a little bit to say I have to approach things a little bit differently. Instagram, I try to keep very pure. These are just these are this is my view as I see it. It's kind of like my tagline, and I just try to keep Instagram a focus on just photos. Yeah. I will talk in my stories all the time. You know, the stories are that's kind of like open territory in my yeah. opinion. And and then what I put on the on the feed is going to be, you know, very purposeful. And I have been wanting to actually do a YouTube video to talk about this yeah. um, and to talk about the story, talk about my story a little bit and to share a little bit and be okay with just putting it out there. Well, yeah, I can just speak for everybody listening that we want to see it and okay. support you. It's very inspirational. And uh, I'm glad that this little podcast can be a little starter of that <laughs> for you. No, I, and I think I will. Yeah, I will. It's awesome. I guess you're a self-taught photographer then, huh? hundred percent. Yeah. how did you do that? Just the internet? YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> Peter McKinnon, Casey Neistat, um, yes. Sydney does, uh, Sydney Dionzen. Yeah. Good friend of ours. Yeah. No, um, watching all that, um, yeah. going even older, like Scott Kelby, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, watching his tutorials on Lightroom. Kai W. Kai. Love <laughs> well, his he's, he's more just entertainment. His videos are great. They're so good. They're absolutely great. They're golden. Yeah. Um, and so, and then a lot of trial and error. 
just going out and yeah. just you know just spraying a bunch of photos and getting back and checking all the settings and like okay that was at f 2.8 when this one's at f8 this one at f8 looks way better yeah um playing with iso just just getting more comfortable with my camera and yeah. just having but still having fun that's yeah. the huge thing you do a lot of aerials um You've, what 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 drones do you got? I have two right now. I have a Mavic Two Pro and I have a Mavic Air. Um, the Mavic Two Pro is amazing, and I totally forgot. I saw your post this morning about Hasselblad and DJI. That uh, DJI yeah. owns them, yeah. and I knew that they had a partnership, but I didn't realize that they own them. Yeah. And so I find a lot of they bought them out. Yeah. But I've, they let them they let them function as an independent, as if they were as if nothing happened. Yeah. They just fund it. <laughs> so, you know, I love the Mavic 2 Pro. It's, yeah. just, it's such a versatile, you know, system and it gets the job done in such a unique way. Yeah. And it's small, it's compact. Yeah. I would love to get like an Inspire 2 yeah. um, as I get more into maybe like aerial, like real estate photography and things mm -hmm. like that. And I have a very good friend who I've been trying to get to sell it to me because he never uses it. Uh -huh. And I'm like, come on, just sell it. Every day you wait, that's less that I'm going to pay for it. Yeah. Do it now. <laughs> I also have to be mindful of what drone I use because again, I can't just throw everything in my car and yeah. drive down. So I can throw my Mavic in my backpack, yeah. throw a battery in there and I'm good. And also both the Mavic Air and the Mavic Pro are a little bit more inconspicuous, if you will, than the Inspire. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, even if you're doing things legally, it just looks weird when you have this giant robot that's flying around. It's like, what's that? Is that a drone? That's also when you see, like, uh, I'll see a phantom, like, outside my window. There's uh -huh. a lot of people. I live right on Lake Merritt. It's a lot of people love flying their drones over Lake Merritt. It's a picturesque, you know, scenery. But I can spot a phantom for, like, a mile away. Yeah. And I have horrible vision. I'm like, that's a phantom. <laughs> that, that's, that's a phantom a, right there. That says a lot about... <laughs> that drone. That drone. But then if it's a Mavic, I'm like, is that a drone? Is that a bird? Yeah. And that's what I love about it. And then 30 minute flight time, great camera. Yeah. You know, I can, I love how I can shoot a pano, but still capture the raws and then stitch it together myself. Yeah, amazing. And that is like something I've kind of anchored myself on. We did a big photo in my office, 30 by 90 on a metal print. Oh, cool. Which was great. The CEO is like, hey, can we do a photo for the bar? And I'm like, yeah, what do you want to do? And he's like, can we do like a pano of San Francisco? And I said, sure. Wow, very cool. And he's like, so bring your drone in tomorrow and we'll, we'll go down there. And I'm like, awesome. That's and fun. so next, you know, we had a 30 by 90 metal print delivered yeah. and we hung it on the wall and it's this beautiful metal print. And it was so scary though, cause your CEO is handing his credit card to order this like thousand dollar print. And you're like, I hope it's going to be a good, <laughs> but he signed off on it. And then he came and we opened, we did the unveil and mm -hmm. I was like, wow, wow, this is a real moment. How'd that make you feel that to have people see your work physically on the wall? It was a very validating moment that yeah. the things that I do can be purposeful i could make money doing this and i mm -hmm. could start to you know work with clients and do events like that and that was a kind of a big starting point over a year ago where mm -hmm. i was like i don't want it to i want to keep doing my job mm -hmm. i love what i do i love my team i love everything about my team but i also love this other thing yeah and i just do both and so it's the side hustle i guess yeah but you know it's to still work 45 50 hours a week but then invest a ton of time and effort into photography and editing yeah it's a lot it's, it's a lot of fun. It's more than a hobby, it seems. It, it's, it is a side hustle, like you said. It's not just a hobby anymore. So that's cool. And you're and like we mentioned, you, you do shoot on the Sony a7R three. Yeah. Um, how do you like that camera? It's, I, mean, I mean, I've been a Sony shooter, I think, forever. Uh -huh. I was thinking back the other day of like other Sony cameras I've had. I had like many Sony cyber shots. I was remembering the old um, Sony... Uh, duo sticks like the the long memory cards that they're like proprietary oh, yeah. to them yeah that uh i only know about that because i had a playstation portable and that's the only thing it would use <laughs> it yeah. was those proprietary like it was duo. like an sd card but it was super long and yeah. skinny and so i've been sony a sony shooter for as long as i can remember okay. um the a the a6000 6300 6500 yeah um it seems a lot of uh especially landscape photographers uh started started out on the 6000 a6000 yeah and that's where i really started for me and then i had an a7r2 and then i lent it to a friend and it got stolen and oh so then i picked up the a7r3 and i love that camera wow. and what's great is again it's a mirrorless it's small it's compact but the dynamic range is phenomenal it's amazing. you know the g master lenses while they're heavy are mm. they they perform at a level that's pretty awesome oh yeah i mean they 
man, Canon and Nikon have a run for their money, that's for sure. So. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said about Canon and their color science and just the way it, it there's a reason why, you yeah, know, they're workhorses. They are, and there's a reason why, you know, Peter McKinnon shoots on a 1DX yeah. and he'll produce, or the EOS R, yeah. which I hear is an amazing camera, and yeah, I thought I've, about picking one up. I had one for a long time, sold it. Um, I was thinking about rebuying it, but not a huge, huge fan. Uh, the kit lens is ridiculously huge. Yeah. I don't know if you saw Marquez's post on Instagram the other oh, day. Oh, that's not the kit lens. That's a very expensive Oh, is zoom. that what that is? It's like yeah. a 28 to 70. Yeah, the 28 to 70 is like a, a premium. It's a Marquez lens. He he was like, give me the best you got. That's what that's what he did. I mean, that lens is massive. Now, the, yeah, the 24 to 105 F4 is the the bundled kit lens and it's it's normal size okay um for a, you know for a mirrorless uh but i hope they do have a 3518 that's a nice small compact little lens i hope they kind of fill that lineup with uh, small primes i mean i think i love mirrorless cameras with tiny lenses mm-hmm. and so i've actually always wanted a really good micro four thirds camera because i love the balance of your lens being way lighter than your body yeah because when you when you hold the camera it just balances perfectly so and it's something you just carry around with you all day long i just got a zeiss 18 mil baddest oh yeah and that lens is phenomenal it's so small and it has you know good field of view and it's so light i picked it up and i was like wow this thing's like it kind of messes with your mind because uh when you look at pictures of it it looks huge yeah the ba- those baddest lenses we just had jason vong on uh last week and uh he shoots on all the baddest lenses and when you even when you look at the lens on the body it looks maybe a little heavy but it's not well because it has that big like sunshade that is and it yeah. bows out and then you hold cool. it in your hand you're like oh this is great yeah and then you get to set up a nice time it. lapse and just harvest beautiful clouds <laughs> yeah totally um osmo pocket yeah you shoot on that love the osmo uh iphone 10 10s max 10s max i got the same one uh i'm surprised constantly by that camera on the, yeah. on the iphone i use portrait mode um almost like if you look at my instagram account almost every picture is taken on uh portrait mode it's yeah. absolutely amazing i want to buy crystal my fiance i always uh-huh. want to get her a camera for so long because she has an amazing eye and she's always like i'm fine with my phone and she'll go somewhere on a hike uh-huh. and she'll bring back photos and i'm like what <laughs> took that on your phone it's awesome it's gorgeous again it's it comes beautiful. it comes down to uh, it comes back to the limitations like if you really minimize your your tool set you can become a master of it yeah. and really learn a lot you know i i just did a trip to zion and i'm like i'm taking one lens and i have like five lenses and i'm like i'm taking one lens with me mm. and what lens was it 16 to 35 yeah and while i wish i had like my 70 to 200 with me like walking through zion it was perfect and i actually found myself firing off shots with my gopro a few times on one hike that's i took the gopro that's it oh wow and i was like i'm whatever i captured today is gonna be on the gopro that's and cool. i got some really great photos i like that you know and it's just like you when you put that limitation there then you have to force yourself to have a level of creativity that's beyond you know normal thinking um sorry i'm reading my notes um so because because the a7r3 has such great autofocus uh and obviously like we've mentioned you rely on that uh with your with your eyes how do you set it up? How to like? What are your settings with that? Do you keep it on a continuous autofocus mode? Do you touch the screen? Like, so I keep it on autofocus, and I'll shoot in either aperture priority or shutter priority. Mm-hmm. Um, I will sometimes try to do manual, but if like I shot an event Friday night and I had to leave it an aperture, I couldn't have. I didn't have the time and the ability to focus. My eyes were killing me. Sure, it was a long day, um, but it is always an autofocus. And you yeah. shoot in raw. Too. I do shoot in so raw, so you can manipulate it and yep. post obviously yeah and then just it's knowing your cameras to, to go between the focus points whether it's center focus or wide focus and just having your dials and your c1 your c2 just dialed in where you want so you can quickly on the fly make those changes yeah and pull out a couple great images for a client and they're super happy with it yeah totally so you shoot in continuous autofocus yeah with either the wide which is basically the whole sensor yeah or single point single point like you know f 2.8 if i just want to get a nice close subject shot yeah and you just keep it in the middle and yep. do keep, just back just button focus or something yep. yeah very cool so no different than me <laughs> <laughs> um so you've used uh polar pro products uh, in the past with working 
with us in the ambassador role. Yeah. Uh, how did you hear about Polar Pro and what drew you to the brand? So when I got one of my first drones, which was a Spark, I nice. it was a great drone. It's a fun little it's thing. It's a fun little drone. And it's funny though that the Mavic Air is almost smaller because it can fold up. It can. And the and Spark. The can, Spark is loud and uh-huh. slightly obnoxious when you fly it because it's like. <laughs> It's like, yeah. oh my God, someone's yeah. flying a drone. Um, and I knew I needed to get filters. And I just did some searching and Polar Pro came up. And I had I had seen Polar Pro for a number of times. And nobody else was making filters for the Spark. And I was like, I need to just get some. Yeah. And I was pretty much hooked from that point on. And then it kind of it started to uh, like show itself on how many other people and creators that I follow started were using Polar Pro. And yeah. some some local guys down here, yeah. Brian Bloss, he's a huge Polar Pro user and he's a great photographer. Mm-hmm. And there's just a number of other photographers that I saw using them. Yeah. And then the quartz line came out, and I was like, this this is huge. This is yeah. a big moment for like ND filters and circular polarizers. And yeah. You know, I reached out and it, it didn't happen right away. And it, mm-hmm. it's also like I reached out and I emailed and I think it was um, Paul was like, yeah, gr- you know, we love your stuff, but, you know, we're not accepting anybody right now. Uh-huh. Year later, did it again. <laughs> Year later, did it again. Uh-huh. And then I got picked up. And nice. it's been a, it's been a really awesome partnership. And I fully love the products. Yeah, they absolutely meet my and beyond my expectations. Well, what a lot of people don't realize is just having a polarizer really on a drone changes. Huge. Everything. Yeah. Huge. Do you, is that what you, do you use the NDPLs? Do I do. You, yeah. yeah, I I use mostly use the NDPLs because I find myself flying over water most of the time, mm-hmm. and I go between the four and the eight. I feel like those are the nice kind of medium. Yeah, I really I want to get more into like line exposure with the drone. Yeah, um, is it I'll, doable? Does the drone move too much? Or? So yeah, you well the Mavic can do it. Like there's people that shoot like with an ND one thousand and do like like a three second, four second exposure. Wow, and you put it in tripod mode and mm-hmm. it can totally get it done. And I've seen some people do long exposures of water and just like, oh, my God, that looks amazing. Yeah, from the sky. I mean, it's such a unique angle. <laughs> it's it never really been able to be possible, really. But, I mean, they're making ND1000s for drones. So yeah. there's, they're creating that for a reason. Yeah. And they're trying to solve for that niche of mm-hmm. long exposure yep. in the air. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. So you have, a, you have a YouTube channel, but Instagram is kind of your main it is. social media platform. Um Tell me about that. Like, how long have you been on Instagram, and what's your journey been like? Yeah, so I would think I started Instagram. Yeah, you got way more followers than me. That's for sure. <laughs> so that was that was um, a product of daily post through 2018 and a lot of networking. Mm-hmm. That was kind of my mission: was to post every single day a unique image that told a unique story, and get it up every single day. And that was that was a huge challenge for me to do that. Um, I've since kind of pulled back a little bit and I usually only post Monday through Friday, sometimes only three days a week. Yeah. Um, but I've been doing Instagram, I think ever since the beginning, wow. you know, and it was just that tool that I was like, okay, this is really cool. It's photos. I love photos. And it was, and I actually, it really just came down to a community of people that I started to meet and almost all of my like now like kind of photography friends I've met all through Instagram. Oh, very cool. Um, creators and like Mark Donahue who's also with Polar Pro yeah you know he now he's an amazing creator Brian Bloss um, a lot of people in the drone community that I've met who just become just great friends Mm-hmm. And, you know, they message me now and they're like, hey, what's going on? Do you want, I'm going to be in town. Do you want to get together? And I'm like, awesome. totally. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. That's awesome. And, you know, and then it's just, it's just a great community and so, it's yeah. so pure in that way. And like, while there's still ads and a lot of people don't like the algorithm yeah. is what it is. It is what it is. They're, it's a business. Like they're, they're not going to build a huge platform for free. I mean, no. <laughs> they have to make money and there's a lot of people that they employ. Yeah. Uh, and they're always listening to our audio when we talk to service ads. Um, we won't get into that. Uh, <laughs> but how did you do it? How did you how did you grow it? You said you post every day. So tell me tell me da- the logistics daily, of daily it. Daily post, having it ready the night before, saving mm-hmm. it in draft, and then posting yep. somewhere between five and six o'clock in the morning to okay. get maximum exposure. And then really, you know, something that I learned by watching um, a video that Peter McKinnon did was keeping your grid, you know, so to speak consistent Uh so it's going to be warm tones keep your warm tones going there for like at least nine photos if not like 12 photos okay um and then if you're going to be transitioned to more cooler colors do it gradually 
and don't make huge shifts. And so those are some of the, you know, the science that I started doing. So you look right now, there's a lot of water, a lot of blue tones. And, you know, this is a lot of content that I captured when I was down yeah. here a few weeks ago, flying Dana Point, um, a lot yeah, of stuff over the water. 10 minutes from my house. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did an event with a creator that I met on Instagram, uh -huh. um, Emily Kaz, and she does this droning with whales and she goes out on a whale watching wow, boat and cool. hopefully find some whales and gets you to fly drones over it, yeah. you know, and be mindful of the animals, of course, but capture great content. Oh yeah. And I met her through Instagram That's so um, cool. and she asked me to come down and be a part of the workshop. Yeah. And I was like, totally let's do it. Does the grid, does the grid really matter? Why is it, ma do people, I guess it's as soon as somebody clicks your profile, the first thing they see is the grid. Yeah. So I guess first impression, but it matters to me. Okay. And I've always wondered if it really matters because when people are seeing my pictures, it's just in a scrolling feed. They're not seeing it as a grid. But when they do go to the profile, yeah. that's an impact, you know, and it's like that you, you have like three seconds to capture them. And if okay. you go from like a food shot to an aerial shot to a night shot, it feels disjointed. Uh -huh. And for me, I want it to be clean and just consistent yeah. and just as pure as possible. Okay. Okay. No, I, I agree with that. I just, I'm just wondering because I'm, I'm new to Instagram. I started like a month, uh, two months ago, two, three well, months you're ago. You're doing great. I'm pushing great stuff up there. Just gear. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Gear all day, man. I love gear. I love gear too. Um, but you do have a YouTube channel and it's something, is it something that interests you? Do you want to grow that? Do you want to be a part of YouTube culture as well? Be a YouTuber. Be a YouTuber. Um, <laughs> I do and I don't. I love YouTube. I think YouTube is an amazing, amazing you know, channel, it's a great avenue to, to learn. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people will always say like, oh, you don't got to go to film school, just go to YouTube. Yeah. Um, you don't have to pay for Udemy courses, go to YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, and you learn a lot. And I have a couple of friends. I have one recently who quit his job and is traveling abroad and focusing wow. on publishing content. And he's doing it. He left his nine to five and he's in Bali right now. And he's getting followers and he's getting huge endorsements and working with brands. And it's totally working for him. And I do want to focus more on YouTube. I think YouTube is an amazing opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, a part of me too is I was partially scared because I was like, I, if I want to do it, I want to do it right. I, I don't, sure. don't want to half-ass it. And sometimes now, like I did, I posted a video the other day and there's totally mistakes in it. But I was like, yeah. I'm just going to get it out there. I'm yeah. going to post it. And somebody totally. even, even commented, they're like, great video. You had one mistake here, but it's still great. And I'm yeah. like, Awesome, man. Thank you so much. That's I, the worst I, I, I really, be. I really, I really appreciate it. You know, <laughs> yeah. thank you so much. And I try to comment. Just wait. <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> People tell me I'm going to die and uh, I'm a stupid idiot. But you know, that, that happens. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's always going to be the haters, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's, with, that's pretty extreme. With the fans, there's always the haters. Yeah. Um, no, I think uh, YouTube obviously is what I have been doing the last year and a half and you know it's changed my life and i love it but i was always a filmmaker like i always did video so if your natural love language is photography uh instagram is exactly is your natural platform but i but you can but i can start telling the story of photography just, exactly. on youtube and, and kind of talk about doing my, it yeah. yeah talk about my process talk about how i do it and share the story mm -hmm. and just have just that big just expand my network out yeah and my ability to influence i think even not shying away from the fact that you have a full-time job talking about your fiance things like that really looping people in on the whole aspect of you not just focusing only on the photography but just embracing your job and your commute to work like yeah. you could make videos as you're commuting to work and then right outside the building okay i'm gonna go to work now i'll pick up i'll pick this up after totally work, and then cut now you're now you're back home finishing up your thought you know yeah like Things Be like that. Between that, and I think gear review because I love gear. Me too. I mean, I am constantly <laughs> watching. It's like you know, DJI is going to launch something. Uh -huh. I, I need it today. I need it yeah. now. So let's wrap this up here with uh, just some final thoughts of uh, inspiration. Yeah. Um, what made you decide it? W you were comfortable with talking about all of this today? Because, like we mentioned, you know. You haven't really shared a lot of this online. Yeah. What are you, was this a moment where you wanted to start sharing this or? Yeah, I guess we can, we can call it that. We can call it a moment. And when, you know, I started working with Carly as my new kind of like account manager mm -hmm. and she was like, tell me about yourself. And I was like, oh, this is kind of where I am. It's how I got here. And she was like genuinely intrigued. And she's like, tell me more. Like, well, what can you share more? Are you okay with it? And after I, after I talked about it and I kind of saw how it was received, it was, it was a moment to me where I'm like, 
I need to be okay with sharing this more mm. and I need to share it more because I know I'm not the only one that has mm -hmm. a disability. Um, whether it's, you know, it's just, it's just not me and I should share it because I don't let it slow me down. And I'm, my fear is that there's people out there that, that put either self-imposed roadblocks or have roadblocks that they can't control mm. and they're just trying to figure out a way to get through it. And mm -hmm. if I could help someone get through that, then I know that I left this earth a little bit better Man, than, than, I, than I came in with it. So that is the, the, you know, I live each day with that mentality and that idea. And if I can just make it a little bit better yeah. and inspire or motivate or encourage, then I did my job. So with that, what advice do you have for other creatives uh, in a similar situation? Yeah, I think it would be just get out, get out there. Take your camera, what it, no matter what it is. It doesn't have to be an A7R3. It doesn't have to be a Hasselblad. It could be your iPhone. It could be like a little, just it could be anything. And get out there and have fun and don't be afraid to post it. Don't be afraid to share it. And you'd be surprised on what you can create with just the simplest things, whether mm -hmm. it's just your iPhone and yeah. using the Instagram filters. And you have to be okay with a little bit of unknown. Mm -hmm. And if you can get past that, then the sky's the limit. Yeah. Who are some people that really inspire you and who is somebody that you would love to collaborate with if you had the ability to choose somebody dead or alive? Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so I have a lot of respect for Peter McKinnon. I think he's just an amazing creator and I respect that he focuses purely when he, sh when he puts things out there, it's all about his photography. Mm -hmm. I think you've seen his wife maybe in like maybe two YouTubes. He doesn't do any, he doesn't put his children out there and what he does and how he does it and the stories. And he's always trying to educate. I mm -hmm. love that. And yeah. he's always just trying to help you, you know, the viewer be a better creator yeah. with, you know, whatever you know and i love how he does that series right now where it's editing your photos mm -hmm. he's taking photos from normal photographers mm -hmm. you know and editing them and giving that feedback yeah i think that's amazing you know so he he's somebody that i have a lot of respect for that's awesome um brian bloss mark donahue a couple you know really good friends of mine who i've met through instagram great creators alex cavanaugh who runs drone gear uh -huh. really awesome guy and a couple locals in the bay uh, michael victor and he's like third generation photographer and all he does all day long is drive around san francisco and take uh -huh. great photos and i'm just like oh my god dude like where are you today i didn't even know yeah. that that existed in san francisco wow thank you wow that's awesome so uh yeah, we need to check those people out that you just mentioned. Then. Yeah, yeah. Brian Bloss. So Brian Bloss does a lot of like Moco time lapse, motion lapse. Uh, Mark Donahue is same thing. He does a lot of yeah. motion lapse, time lapse, <clears throat> and then uh, Michael Victor's his great line, the four one five guy. <laughs> like <laughs> nice. what a great Instagram handle, the four one five guy. Um, all great creators. What's four one five? That's the San Francisco area code. Okay, I was assuming that was the case. Probably should have opened with that one. <laughs> and then Alex Cavanaugh, he runs a he runs a, an account called Drone Gear, and it's just a collaboration of drone pilots and creators. Oh, cool. And he has his own account, which is Drone Pilot, and he's in a, he just he posts just great photos. Yeah. He he posted a photo the other day, and I messaged him I'm like, "Dude, can I have that for as a wallpaper?" He was like, uh -huh. in Solvania, like flying drones, yeah. and I'm like, "What? That's amazing! <laughs> so so inspirational." Um, to wrap this fully up, what is the last kind of thing that you would like to leave with people? Uh, you kind of did say it already with what advice you have for creatives, but uh, is there anything else that you want to just kind of wrap up with and say? Yeah, I mean, I think, again, just it just goes back to what I've, I think the common theme of today's been is like, don't be afraid to get out there and try something new. No matter, you know, if you put a self-imposed roadblock, I'm too busy. You know, I'm tired. I don't have time. You got to be able to move past that and be okay with, you know, maybe not knowing or creating the greatest photo. And you can't compare yourself to some of these other creators that have been doing this for years and have great equipment. Yeah. Um, and be okay with, you know, going through the process and be okay with failure. You yeah. have to be okay with failure and you have to be able to fail fast mm -hmm. and pick yourself up and keep going. And once you can do that, you're really going to start to see a different side of yourself mm -hmm. and be able to really create meaningful content, whether that's for you or for, you know, your family or for a business. I think once you do that, that's where things start to change. And what do you have to say for people who are in a situation like you with a full-time job who also have this creative passion as well? How, how have you learned to balance that? 
Well, you know, for me, a lot of it is just setting the right expectations with my life and having mm-hmm. having a really common understanding between myself and Crystal to say like, okay, I'm going to get up extra early today and go shoot, or we're going to go somewhere. And she has been really understanding, and we have a really clear understanding between each other of like my time versus her time versus our time. Yeah. And I think when you have that kind of commitment to each other, then you don't have an excuse anymore. Yeah, totally. I think that's definitely the message for me and just hearing your story is so inspirational for me Thank you. Uh, because I can relate even though my eyes aren't like yours I am tired sometimes sure. I have my own you know limitations and uh, hang-ups and whatever uh, so I am really grateful that you came on the podcast to share Thank you. I think everybody awesome. will be real inspired and uh, I would encourage anybody to go check out your work uh, on Instagram, your uh, handle is Zeke's View, yeah. at Zeke's View. It's spelled Z-E-K-E-S-V-I-E-W. Yep. Um, and people should hit you up and say hi and say that you listen to this. I welcome it. Yeah. Um, thanks also for being a Golden Hour podcast fan. No, it's been <laughs> great. Ever since the first one came out, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be phenomenal. Oh, heck yeah. And you've had really great... I mean, I now follow Aaron outdoors. I DM'd her one day and I was like, oh my God, I just listened to the set. You're so amazing. Like, that is so awesome. She's awesome. Um, Ben Horn, I've been DMing him and I'm like, dude, I'm going to be on the podcast. And he's like, awesome. (laughs) This is going to be great. They're so great. Ben's was, uh, it was one of the quickest interviews because I don't think I even edited that one at all. Wow. Um, Because he had so much depth to his conversation and it was so, I'm such a technical guy. So just hearing the process of how he does film is bananas. So I started following him on YouTube uh-huh. and watching his video on the Isn't Redwoods. That great? Oh my god, amazing! I love his demeanor on camera too. It's so calm. Oh, it's relaxing. It's almost like Mister Rogers, it's you know, just like, where it's like you turn it on and you can just relax. Or Bob Ross, yeah. You know? It's like <laughs> so I'm drinking my tea and then we're gonna go for a walk and capture the forest, and it's just like. <laughs> What? Yeah. YouTubers don't talk this way <laughs> normally. This is, and, you, and then he has all that gear, and I'm like, where's your camera? Uh-huh. It's like, someone's following you. But he carries an A7S II. And, yeah. It, and that big old... The tripod. Everything. He puts... So, yeah, he shoots manual focus on a camera that doesn't even have a flip-out selfie screen. <laughs> so he can't see himself, but he's figured out where the focus is yeah. in relation to the distance of the tripod that he balances on his waist as he's walking. Brilliant, brilliant yeah, guy. His his uh, process is phenomenal. Yeah, I so love it. We've had a lot of great guests, and now you're another one. So oh, thank thanks, you so much. Thank you, Zeke, for coming all the way down here uh, on a little private jet. <laughs> and I get to hang out for a little bit and Heck yeah. go back home. We'll get some lunch or something. Hang out. I love that. Yeah, totally. totally. All right. Thanks. This is great. Thank you so much. You bet. Just hearing Zeke's story and understanding the challenges that he faces every single day really inspires me to go out and create. And I'd like to thank Zeke for being so open in this interview. If my interview with Zeke was inspirational to you, then hit him up on Instagram at Zeke's View. Just shoot him a DM and let him know that you really enjoyed hearing his story told on the Golden Hour Podcast. Make sure to leave a rating if you're a listener on the Apple Podcast platform and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts. Next week, we have Kitty Peters from Atola Visuals. I'm real excited to share that interview with you as she's a good friend, an amazing YouTuber. So make sure to tune in next week. Once again, I'm Dave Mays. This is the Golden Hour Podcast. See you next time.